Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. That's pretty special. Wow. Just stay standing for a bit. Um, I'm just going to quickly take you around communion. And um, man, the Lord is in this place. I don't know if you feel that or not, but holy cow. The Lord is in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, feel free to open up your um, communion biscuit and juice and just get ready to partake that. And we're just going to take a moment to thank Jesus. Um, I didn't give this to the data team, but I'm just going to read it to you. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 to 8. And it says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with um, um, excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not persuasive words of human wisdom, but of demonstration of the Spirit and power that your faith, someone say your faith, should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Verse 6 says this, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for for if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had known, they would not crucified the Lord of glory. I don't know if you know this, but um, the old, the, the New Testament is Jesus Christ revealed and the Old Testament is Jesus concealed. And so we see this pattern of God planting um, uh, prophetic symbols of Jesus throughout the Scriptures. Am I right? So we see this in play. We see, we see Joseph was thrown into the pit by his brothers and was sold into slavery. But the very act ended up for the deliverance and salvation of the Israelite people because he was able to feed them in a time of famine. And then we see, we see Moses. In that time, the, the, the Egyptian uh, pharaohs was, was killing all of the boys, all the boy babies. Because the, the, the Israelite, the Jewish people were just multiplying too fast. And, and the very thing that they tried and put in place ended up with Moses in the house of Potiphar. Right under his nose. And if he had known, he wouldn't have tried to do what he tried to do. You know, this brings a lot more clarity to all things work out for good for those who believe in Christ. Yeah? All things. God turns everything around. And we see this at the crucifixion. If the devil only knew 
the power of the blood of Jesus that was poured out on the cross, He wouldn't have crucified Him, but the wisdom of God. See, it wasn't, it wasn't the Pharisees. They thought it was their idea. It was God's plan the whole time. Isn't it funny how we, how we see this and, and the very thing, the very image of pain, of, of death, of, of the, the sacrifice of Christ is the very thing that brings us into freedom. It's the very thing that brings us. The, the, the stripes on His back, the ripping of His flesh is the very thing that brings healing to our bodies. This is an upside down kingdom, am I right? This is the wisdom of God. And this is what we're standing for today. This is why we're holding the bread and the cart. We're saying, Lord God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again and your blood was spilt for my sins and my iniquities to be covered over. Lord God, you were bruised. You were beaten. So my infirmities could be healed. Lord God, and you dies, died and, and condemned sin in the flesh. And when we receive your resurrection life, Lord God, we step into the life of Jesus Christ. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So this is what we're going to do. I just want you to take, take out the, the, the emblems, the symbols that represent his body and the blood of Christ. And just take a moment and Lord God, your wisdom, is so far beyond anything I could ever comprehend. Lord God, your grace is so much sufficient. The scriptures say where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So Lord God, we receive it. We stand in it. We stand upon the empowering grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Partake as you will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for your broken body. Thank you for every drop of your blood. Thank you for the high price that you paid, Lord Jesus, on my behalf. You saw me worthy. You saw us worthy. You saw every human on this planet, Lord God, worthy. Worthy. And you did not hesitate, Lord God. You did not hesitate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys be seated. Put those little plastic cups underneath your seats. We'll collect them later. Wow, isn't God good, church? Come on, somebody. Wow, we. You got, you know, I can feel great faith in the house today. I can tangibly feel great faith in the house today. Great faith. So God is going to do some amazing things and honor our faith today. Um, and before we come around the word of God and I get you to tell your neighbor the, the title of my sermon, is it right if I tell you a story? Is that all right? Oh, too bad. I'm going to tell it anyways. So when I was young, and um, thanks, Ish, that's awesome. Um, when I was young, I, we lived in a, out west, we lived on a cattle station and we had quite a high um, Queenslander, right? And, and it had stairs at the front and stairs at the back and they were quite big stairs. Um, there was 12 to 14, probably more stairs. Like it was, 
it was a full seven foot off the ground. So it was quite a lot of stairs. And I remember when I was young, it was raining, and, and obviously, like, being a country boy, I love playing in the mud. I still do. That's why I'm a plumber. I just, yeah. Anyway, so it's just in my bones. You know, so I, I go out to the steps, right, and I put my thongs on. You guys know where this is going, don't you? And I, and, and I come down to the steps, and, you know, your thongs. And as a lot of you have probably had this experience before, thongs on wet steps are not a good combination, am I right? So here I am, I'm like... And I've come down and hit every single step on the way down. And you know it's in like slow motion and and you get the feeling, I am about to lose my life to these stairs. This bucking bull is about to take my soul. You know what I mean? Like, Like I'm about to break every bone in my body. And then somehow, by the grace of God, complete miraculous miracle, you land on the ground and you're like, I'm alive. How did I not die? You know, and uh, you brush yourself off and you got a couple of scrapes, a couple of bruises. But, but, you know, that experience has haunted me ever since that day. You know, I don't know if you're like this, but if you've had, who has had a slippery stair and thongs moment? Yeah, quite a few. The rest of you, I've managed to tame that crazy thing. So that's cool. But for me, even now, like just the other day, where it's been raining a couple of days, Rachel goes, oh, can you take the bins out to the, to the bin? No worries. Um, take the bags out to the bin. No worries. So I come out, I put my thongs on, and I look at these stairs. Our house at home has two stairs, just two. And it's, you look at it, it's like, like, it's just like abyss down there. There's nothing there. And, you know, you're like, yep, yep, we're good. And is this resonating with anyone? Yeah, I probably need prayer afterwards, you know. So I'm like, oh, oh, yep, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, you're like grounded in. I'm good, you know. And um, you go, I went out, took the, the rubbish out, and then I gotta, I've got to go back up the stairs, and it's the same thing. You take your time. And so from experience at a young age, I've approached stairs completely different for the rest of my life. Because of one experience, yeah? Who else has experiences like that? It's like some people have experiences, bad experiences with um, swimming, motorbikes. Like you, you all have your own experience that has affected some walk or some thought pattern in your life. Am I right? And so if you are getting my drift, my sermon today is about experience. My sermon today is about experience. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Neighbor. you can turn to your neighbor. It's all right. They will not bite you. It's okay. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, this is the title of Matt's sermon today. All right. Say this to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, his sermon title is... Christ experienced. Okay, now turn to your other neighbor, the one you rejected the first time. And say, neighbor, you're in luck. You are sitting in the most anointed seat in the house. You know why? Because you're next to me. 
Okay, now that you're acquainted. Christ experienced. Someone say, Christ experienced. See, I don't know if you've noticed this yet, if you've been a Christian for a while or you're new or um, maybe you don't believe in, that, in the house today. That's perfectly fine. You can, you can belong here before you believe. That's totally cool. But Jesus Christ is so much more than just a person in a book 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ is so much more than just a theology or a theory. Jesus Christ is more than just a concept. Jesus was a person, and he's here today. Say, well, Matt, I don't see him. That's okay. It's all right. You're going to have experience today. We're going to bring you into the experience of Christ. So if you want to get your Bibles and turn with me, who brought their Bible today? Oh, good Christians there. Come on. No, it's all right. So grab your, your phone Bibles, your Samsung Bibles, your Apple Bibles. I, I lead an apostolic ministry here, so. I'm a dad now. I can make jokes like that. So turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John. I'm going to look at 1 John, and we're going to start at the beginning. And uh, after six and a half hours, we'll just see how far we get, yeah? Okay, cool. No, joking. So it says this. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. If you're into um, drawing on your Bible or highlighting or pencil marking, underline that. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. Verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. See, John, John is giving a description of the person of Jesus Christ as being the Word of God in the beginning. And I love it. I love um, when it, we drop down to John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. That means the very thing that God spoke and created everything that's in existence was the person of Jesus, and he came down and dwelt among us. This is the amazing thing about John is he's giving a revelation that no one else is giving in the Bible of the person, the image, the origin of Jesus. And I love it in the, um, in the Passion Translation. It says this, in the beginning, the living expression was already there. The living expression of God was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. Therefore, oh, it doesn't say therefore, that's the other one. (laughs) Verse 2 says, they were together, ready, face to face in the very beginning. Can you see this imagery? The Word of God. And, 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 and God were face to face. And yet they were, they were separate, but they were fully one. This is amazing imagery. 
Verse 3 in the Passion says, And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing that has existence apart from, nothing has existence apart from him. Verse 4, a fountain of life was in him. For, he, for his life is the light of all humanity. If you want to write something down in your notepads, write this down. Life comes by experience. Life comes by experience. I was having a chat with a friend one time, and we were talking about, um, talking about just the things of God, and, and we were just uh, together, we were glorifying Him. And I come up with a statement, I, and I said to my friend, I said, the Christian life is, is breathed by experiencing God. He said, oh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I don't know if I fully believe that. And I was like, oh, all right, well, that's okay. Well, how about we go back and ask God and see? We'll see what he says. And I went back and I just, I, I, I created an environment. It wasn't the same day, but the next day I created a, a, just a moment. I said, God, how important is experience to you? How, how important is experiencing you? How important is it? And he says, Matt, 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 you don't understand. You can't have life without experience. You cannot have life without experiencing me. See, the word says this. Jesus Christ condemned sin in the flesh. And when we receive his resurrection life, we are born again. We receive His life as our own. You have to experience Christ to even live each day. The living expression was there in the beginning. If He's an expression of God, um, uh, Colossians 1.15 says this. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You have to see Jesus to know God. You have to experience Christ. We don't, as Christians, we don't like to talk about feelings very much. We don't like to talk about, no, 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 don't. I live by faith, not by feeling. I work by faith, but no, sorry. You know, we say all these things, but, but if the fruit of the Spirit are love, patience, peace, joy, so on, so on, if, if, if a part of who he is is joy, peace, who wants a peace you can't experience? Who wants a peace you can't feel? Who wants a love that doesn't tangibly rock you? Who wants a joy that's not joyful? Do you know what things don't feel things? Dead things. Dead things don't feel. But Christ, through experience, has raised us up. See, we, 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 we live our whole lives and we're like, okay, if I can get the circumstance right, then it'd be all sweet. But the, the thing about joy, I said this in the first service, joy is not a byproduct of a circumstance. Joy is not a byproduct of circumstance. It's a determining factor. Joy is a determining factor. Meaning, just because something happened in my favor, I experienced joy. No, 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 no. 
because I've experienced joy through Jesus Christ, it becomes a determining factor of my life. Is this making sense to you guys? Jesus Christ experienced. Christ experienced. I'm going to take you to the Old Testament. Is that all right? You can have the blessing of both, both the old and the new. So as I'm turning to here to Jeremiah, you can write this next point down in your notepad. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Okay, cool. Write this down. Experiencing Jesus changes your talk. So we turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. I love this. Verse 4, it says this. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. Whoa, 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 stop right there. Then the word came to me. If we take the revelation of John, he says that Jesus is the word. He was the word in the beginning. And here Jeremiah is giving the account that the word came to him. Jeremiah's had an encounter with the living God. He's had an encounter, an experience. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before you were formed, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you, a prophet to the nations. Then I said, This is Jeremiah saying back to God, Oh Lord God, Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, I love this, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid. Highlight this. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And this is verse 9. This, I love this. Ready? I want you to highlight this in your Bible. Write on, or write on your Bible. Say, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Then the Lord put forth his hand. This is how we know that that God and Jesus is so much more than just a theology, so much more than just a concept, so much more than a theory, because theories don't have hands. They don't have hands. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Friend, today, if God has told you to preach the gospel, to prophesy, do it because he's put his word in your mouth. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within me. He's put his word in your mouth. He's put his word in your mouth. And I I just love that verse 8. Do not be afraid of their faces. Why? Why Why would Jeremiah point out to not, like, don't be afraid of their faces? If we go back to John 1 in the Passion, it says, the living expression was face to face with God. You don't have to be afraid of the faces of the people, of their opinions. Because if you've come into experience of Jesus, you've seen his face and you don't need to see any other. You don't need to worry about any other faces. It changes my talk. 
changes my talk. You ready for another point? You can write this down. I'm not a very polished speaker, but I believe this is for someone today. Write this down. Experiencing Jesus changes your walk. An experience with the living God changes the way you do life, changes the way you walk, changes everything about you. Like the story that I told you about me slipping down the stairs. Every time I've come to the stairs, I've approached it completely different. It's the same with God. It's the same with God. So if you want to turn to me, with me, turn to me, turn with me to Genesis 32. Verse 22. This is the story of Jacob. If you don't know the story of Jacob, he was the son of Isaac. And, and Jacob, in a summary, his whole life, he was ripping off everyone around him. He ripped off his brother, stole the inheritance, stole the blessing. He ripped off his family. He ripped off his wife's father. Continually... Um, um, lying to the people around him, ripping them off, being unfair. And yet, because of the blessing of his father, he always walked in prosperity. That's the grace of God, isn't it? Wow. And so Jacob comes to this point in his life, comes to a point in his faith walk with God. He says, God, I cannot continue in my father's blessing. I need your blessing." said, I cannot walk this walk any longer unless I encounter you, unless I receive your blessing. And this is where we pick up the story. God had promised Jacob the land of his forefathers, the land of his ancestors. And he's going back there and he's going to meet his other brother Esau. And he comes to a, a ford called Jabok and he sends his wife, he sends his uh, 11 sons, he sends his servants over the ford, this creek, this river, and he sends all of his possessions, everything that represented the blessing of his father. He put it across the river and he said, I'm waiting here until God blesses me. I cannot go any further until I receive an experience, receive an encounter, receive the blessing of God. And the Bible says it's around 3 a.m., and the man said, thank you, Suri, prophetess Suri. And, and, and um, I lost my train of thought. 3 a.m., he says that the angel of the Lord came to Jacob and they started wrestling and they wrestled for hours. And then the angel said, let go of me. The morning's coming. The daylight's coming. Jacob says, I will not let go of you until you bless me. I am not moving from this position. I cannot go another day longer. I can't take another step further until I receive your blessing, God. And then the angel said, all right. And he touched his hip and dislocated Jacob's hip. Wow, that's rough. And then Jacob's wrestling this angel with a dislocated hip. The angel says, what's your name? Jacob said, it's Jacob. He said, the angel repeated back to him, no longer will it be Jacob, but it will be Israel because you've wrestled with man and with God and you have prevailed. So there was a name change. We could almost say an experience with Christ changes your identity. Maybe we should say that for another day. So then the angel of the Lord blessed Jacob because he would not let go. 
and Jacob still has a dislocated hip. And I don't know if you've experienced this before, but like, you know, when you're familiar with someone, when you know someone, you can tell even far off what, like, the person, who they are because of the way they walk. You know, like, if my wife and I are in the shops and, you know, Rachel's going in a shop and I've been waiting for ages, I'm just going to go have a look somewhere else and I'll be off and then she will see me in a distance. She might not have recognized my face, but she's recognized my walk. Am I right? So here we see Jacob in the wee hours of the morning, the sun's coming up and he's walking towards where his family is and he's walking to everything that represented his father's blessing and they would have seen him in the morning light and said, who is that person? I don't recognize that walk. He, he didn't have a dislocated hip before, he does now. And it says, the, the Bible says, the scripture says that he carried that limp for the rest of his life. He carried the limp. His walk had changed. He had transitioned from experience with God from walking in his own ability to God's. There was an experience with God. Some of you today, it, it, you can use my story. If I'm honest, I, 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 I was born in a Christian family. My, fam, my father was a pastor of a church I went to all the conferences. I did all the things. I've done um, service after service after service. I've done taking communion. I used to tithe. But if I'm honest with myself, I walked as a hypocritical Christian. I was walking on my parents' faith, not my own. But I had, can I tell you, I had an experience with God and it shaped the way I walk. And to this day, I've been walking on the word of the Lord. It shaped, changed everything about me. And He wants to do the same for you today. He wants to do the same for you today. We're going to wrap up soon. But I'm going to leave you this last point. Experiencing Jesus changes the way you are perceived. Experiencing Christ changes the way people see you. Changes the way you are perceived. You will, you will walk into places completely different and they will identify you different. Experiencing Jesus changes the way you're perceived. We're like, Matt, well, show me that in Scripture. Okay, let's go. Turn with me to Acts. Acts chapter 4. This is one of my favorite Scriptures, portions of Scripture in the Bible. Because we see this very thing played out before our eyes. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Just to give you a brief backstory. Jesus has died. He's risen from the, from the dead. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And He's sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has poured out in power on Pentecost. And... Um, and Peter becomes the first pastor of the Pentecostal movement. And, um, and we see Peter and John are going to Solomon's temple to go pray. And they come across a man who is lame. Um, and, the, and, they, and the man asked, 
Do you have anything of worth? Do you have any silver or gold? And Peter says, silver or gold, we do not have. We do not have. But what I have, I give to you. Stretched out his hand, picked up the lame man. The lame man started to walk, and he said that they followed him into Solomon's porch, which is the undercover area of the temple. And and Peter's preaching, and the Pharisees do not like Peter preaching in the name of Jesus. And they definitely don't like that someone was healed. And so Peter and John get arrested, and the next day, this is where we pick up the story. The next day, they go in front of what we call the Sanhedrin. It's the, it's the court, it's the, it's the area where the Pharisees settle matters of law or matters, matters of um, heresy. And so we turn here, Acts 4, verse 8. It says this, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day you, um, this day, if we this day are judged for the good deed done to help, to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known. Someone say, let it be known. You can say that a bit better. Let it be known. Let it be known to all you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, by this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other um, any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, this is my favorite part. Are you ready? It gets better. Chapter 413, it says this. Now, when, so this is the Pharisees. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They had walked with Jesus. They had talked with Jesus. They perceived uneducated, untrained, but they had been with Jesus. And this is what this, this generation, this time is calling for. It's calling for people that experience Jesus on a daily walk, a daily life, a daily walking out of our faith. And we experience him and it changes the way we're perceived. We can say there is needs to be healing in this place in the name of Jesus. And they say they must have been with Jesus. They must have been with Jesus. It's the same for us today. Why don't you stand with me as I wrap this up. Worship team, you can come back. I'm going to leave you with these couple of, this little saying, this little thing. And it's this. If Jesus is the word, he is to be heard. If he was the word in the beginning, he is to be heard. If he is the living expression he is to be experienced. And if Jesus is alive, he is to be encountered. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit came down to give us the ability to experience God every day.
Or you say, Matt, I don't see Jesus here. He's not on the stage. He's not holding the mic. He's not on the worship team. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, lives in you. We're saying, Matt, how do I, how do I experience Jesus? Just look inward. He's there. He's there all the time. Got Jesus right here. Right here. He's wanting to encounter you today. He's wanting to, for you to have a fresh experience of the living God that brings life, that changes your talk, changes your walk, and makes you perceived differently, identified differently, identified as a people of God, identified as a people that has been with Jesus. A people that have been with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Is there someone here and, um, and you've got pain in your feet, pain in your feet from standing long periods of time? You get pain in your feet, sharp pain. Yeah? Yeah? One? We got one person? Anyone else painting your feet? Yep, over here. Yeah, awesome. Cool. God's going to heal you today. You know, in the first service, we saw some pretty crazy stuff. We had a man's leg grow out in the first service a whole inch. I had the word, I had the word um, of knowledge, and I said, is there someone here who's... Have, they have pain in your hip, and your leg is shorter because the hip is out. And there was one guy, he's new here, he's been here for three weeks, so we brought him out and um, Dave and I believe for the healing power of God to touch him and his hip aligned and his legs were the same length. That happened in the first service. Actually, there's someone else here and you've got problems with your hearing. I feel like it's your left ear, but whether it's um, uh, like deafness, ringing, uh, like when you get in quiet spots, it, it rings. Is there someone here with that? Yeah? Yeah? Your left ear. Yeah? Down the back? Is it your left or your right? Both ears. Well, God. Yeah, both ears. God can heal that too. So right now, those people that, are, that suffer with those things, just lift your hand. Lift your, so feet and ears. Feet and ears. Lift up your hand. Yeah, if you're around them, just stretch your hands towards them. They won't bite much. And we're just going to declare right now God's healing power in Jesus' mighty name. Father, in the name of Jesus, feet be healed right now. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Pain go, pain go. Leave, 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 leave right now. Leave right now. Ears, be opened. Be opened. Be opened. Be opened right now. Ears, open up and hear right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' mighty name. That left ear, open right now. Those, both those ears, be opened right now. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God, for your healing power. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the faith moment, right? So if you had pain in your feet, is the pain there anymore? 
Okay, so you're going to have to give testimony. But that is the pain. Was the pain there before? Yeah, is it? It's going. It's going. So out of 10, how painful was it before? A seven. What, what is it now? A three. I don't know about you, but that's something to get excited about. God is healing people right now. Okay, um, those, those that had hearing problems. Who, who had hearing problems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's going on? Nothing? It's good. So what was the problem before? Was it no hearing, hearing loss? What was it? Yeah? And, and you can hear now? And it's better now. What? Can't make this stuff up. What about down the back? Down the back. The um, gentleman, you're, you're hearing. Was there something? There was nothing there. Is someone able to relay back to me what was going on? No difference? That's okay. We can pray again. I've prayed again many a times. Here's a testimony for you. Um, earlier this year, I was preaching in another, another church and, um, and I had a word for someone similar, very similar to that. Their ear, I was, there's something with the ear, ringing something. Anyways, they, I didn't know who it was, but they come up and were praying corporately. I did not even touch this person. I didn't, know, I didn't even know who it was, right? And, and after the prayer, I said, who was the person with the ear? And this lady put her hand up and she says, I was born without an eardrum, but I can hear now. So I don't know if God created an eardrum or if there's no eardrum there and she can hear, but she can hear now. That's worthy of praise. Thank you, Lord. So Jesus right now, that gentleman down the back, is be completely restored right now. Anything that's been hindering him from hearing the Word of the Lord, from having full life to have complete wholeness, I break it off right now in Jesus' Name. Be made whole right now. Jesus' Name. Ears open. Open right now. Open right now. Open. Open. Ears be opened right now in Jesus' Name. Ears be opened right now in Jesus' Name. Jesus' Name. Jesus' Name. Thank You, God. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, God. Thank You, Lord. What's going on? What's going on back there? No good? That's okay. I can handle that. That's all right. I still believe for healing every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We had a, we had a, a, a man last week, and I had a word for arthritis. In the, I felt like it was in the wrist, but there was a man there, and he had arthritis in his fingers, and it was quite painful for him. And God started to restore his fingers. And after the prayer, he said it's, like 30, 40% better. I met with him after church and it got better and better and better as the day went on. So there's healing for you. You say, well, maybe it's God's will. That's rubbish. That's honestly rubbish. Jesus is the will of God. And there was not a single person that came in contact with him that didn't get healed. He is the perfect will of God. So God's will is to heal. God's will is to save. And so you say, you say, Matt, I don't know this Jesus. I don't know this healing. I have not experienced Christ. This is your moment right now. If everyone can just close your eyes just to block out distraction. There's no one else looking except for me. And you say, Matt, 
I don't know this Jesus. I have not experienced Him. I, I, or maybe I did a long time ago and I've walked away, but I need a fresh experience of God. Friend, this is your moment. Just raise your hand and I'd love to pray with you. No one's looking. Be bold, be bold, be bold. Be bold. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Yeah, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Fresh experience of your person, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Okay, church, will you pray this with me? We're going to believe for those that, that raise their hand. And we're going to come as a, as a family. And we're going to pray this with them and, and celebrate with them. Is that okay? So all together, say, together, say Jesus. I believe that you came to earth, that you died and you rose again and you went back to heaven at the seat of authority, at the right hand of God. And Jesus, I believe that you have forgiven me, that you've set me free from the bondage of sin. And I believe that you are going to live within me from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, we celebrate with the people right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basechristianchurch. Christian Church.